Druids and cars go into festivals. They can chat about things. It's a druid podcast in cars. Sometimes the best parts of festivals are the discussions that surround them, reflections on what we did and heard, anticipation of what's to come, and processing what it all means in relation to our spiritual work. We wanted to help either introduce you to that phenomenon or extend it for you. That's what this is about. I'm Reverend Jana Vende. And I'm Reverend Michael J. Dangler. We're priests of Arnriach Fane and members of Three Cranes Grove ADF in Columbus, Ohio. We're recording these sessions actually live in cars, actually going to festivals and events, so you will hear road noise, turn signals, and navigation prompts. But that's part of what makes it fun. So... Sit back and enjoy, druids. In cars. Going to festivals. So today I'm here with a special guest, noted author, Reverend Jana Vende, <laughs> who's just released her first book. And second yes, book. Oh, second? Second book. This is second? Yeah, Spiraling Sun was first. That's right, Spiraling Sun was first. <laughs> so twice published author, even though I worked on both of those. I forgot you about did. the first you one. You did help with the first one. <laughs> <laughs> so that's just the first question that I had all in my head out of my mind. But you can ask it anyways. How's it feel to be published? How cool is that? It's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. This is the first time that I am aware of other people buying said book slash taking pre-orders slash having done like a concerted advertising push so yeah it's pretty cool yeah it's a lot of fun um so what's the book it's called kindling sparks a religious education program for young pagans and it is what it says on the cover uh it is a religious education program for uh essentially pre-k through about third grade yeah and uh it was a joy to get to kind of read through it and, and see the way that it was planned out. But what you do in there is you've got, it's 52 weeks, and you've got your kind of key ideas and a project, and you you, you, you kind of guide parents and how to teach this pagan stuff. Yeah, well, and I'm... I was very careful throughout the book to never refer to them as parents. It's just your caring adult. Yeah. Um, because it it might be like a grove that is doing a children's program as a group, and so it would be whoever the caring adult is who's leading that, or any family dynamic that does not put a child with parent. Yeah. Um, also, just kind of includes all of that. You've been working on it for a while. I know that you put it through your Patreon. Yeah, so I'd been working on it. uh, I probably started working on it pre-pandemic. So, like, at the beginning of 2020 is probably when I started, like, brainstorming stuff. And then um, I settled on an organization method when I started looking at homeschool resources for my kids after the pandemic hit. Um, and so for one of the, uh, homeschool programs that is, um, 
it's very nature-based and is not one of the Christian homeschool programs. Yeah. Um, it is called Blossom and Root. And it's um, also laid out week by week um, in a very, like, open-and-go kind of curriculum, which is what I was going for, which is that this should be something that's really easy for the adults to just open and go <laughs> without having to do a lot of pre-planning for anything. Um, and it, it kind of draws on that very gentle kind of Waldorfy Montessori, um, like theory of teaching children where it's follow the child. So like whatever they're interested in kind of go with them and then help them explore that. Yeah. I mean, you've got a background in education and yeah. teaching, and uh, that is, I don't think I'm out of line to say that is your passion in yes. a lot of ways. Yes. Um, so it was nice to, to see you get to kind of pull all that together and push it out. Yeah, and one of the other things that was, like, that really pushed me into doing it was that even if you look for pagan religious education, it's all Wiccan, all of it. Um, and so I really wanted something that wasn't, um, not only because that's what my kids need, um, but also because there's all these other paths that don't have the Lord and Lady, that don't have, uh, the four quarters or the four elements. And just when everything you're looking for includes that, then you have to really adapt around it. And so having something that, that doesn't include that and kind of hits on the other side of the pagan umbrella... Um, was a something that I really was looking for. And when I um, posted to all my pagan parenting groups and, like, pagan homeschool groups, the first question on multiple places was, does this lean Wiccan or is it something else? And so, like, it's clearly something that people were looking for. Um, so there are, like, one of the really uh, big books that's out there is Circle Round by uh, Starhawk. Yeah. And it's very goddess religion based, obviously. Um, and so that's like one of the easiest books to find if you're looking for pagan, like religious ed for kids. Um, and it's a great book. It has lots of great resources, but it is very goddess centered. And so it just wasn't what I needed. Well, and you needed something that fit the way that you work, something more polytheistic. Yeah. Um, to, to put it lightly. Um, and well, yes, the, the book is very clearly informed by our work in ADF mm -hmm. because, hey, you're an ADF priest. Yeah. It's also very clearly not designed to be an ADF kids study program sort of thing. It's, it's really, it's a polytheistic program. Yeah. Well, and like I had, um, multiple, like, in addition to my, my patrons on Patreon who got to see it each week as it was being developed, I also had beta readers go through it. Um, and one of the big things that I asked them to look for was, does this read like an ADF book? Or does it read like a, I'm a pagan parent of whatever stripe trying to teach my kid? And so a lot of the stuff I like reworded or changed the focus so that it would be more broadly applicable. So like if you're an ADF druid, you'll totally see everything in there. But if you're not, you'll totally see 
these spirits that you're familiar with, you just don't call them by the same names we do. Kind of, um, I left that very open. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that stood out to me, and, and it's very much part of your voice, is um, the, the breaking down of binaries in there. Um, so God, Goddess, Godin showed up. And there's a section on privilege and white supremacy and all that kind of stuff as well. Um, you didn't shy away from that, which I very much appreciated. How, and, and figuring out how to talk about those sorts of things with young children is, is difficult. And those resources, I've never seen those resources in parenting book or a children's education kind of book either. Yeah, I think they're they're very important and I think we as pagan parents have a unique um, position to speak about that from because we are a minority religion which gives kind of that foot in the door to open up the conversation in a way that kids will understand because they already understand the concept of other people don't believe the same way I do. And right. so it's very easy to kind of take another step. Other people don't look the same way I do. Here's some of the things that you run into in society when people don't believe or look like you. Um, so it, it kind of was able to move that direction. Um, and also, I think a lot of... Well, I don't know that I think a lot of people should be doing... Well, I do think a lot of people should be doing this. I don't know that a lot of people do. Um, but it is a, a very difficult conversation to have, and it's really hard to figure out how to have that with your kids um, in a way that makes sense to them. Right. Because, like, we can have this more complex understanding, but a six-year-old, their thinking just developmentally is very black and white. Um, and so it's hard to kind of touch on those complexities. And so I went through and I found um, a bunch of resources. So like every week has reading extensions, which are um, like children's books that relate to the topic of the week. Um, and so I was able to dig through and find good ones that are about confronting that with your kids. Um, I also had the opportunity that I think is somewhat unique to us as pagans to address indigenous religions. Yep. Um, because we often run afoul of cultural appropriation in our work. And so having it be a central part of um, the conversation that here's what it is, here's why we don't do it, um, here's how to kind of recognize it and walk the line and um, here's how to honor that in a way that is acceptable for us as polytheistic nature worshipping uh, pagans. Yeah. So it's a very skinny <laughs> space to shoot here as I drive. <laughs> the scary part of the road. Yeah. It's one of, the, one of those parts where it makes you feel like you're driving a go-kart. Yeah. Because you've got the Jersey barriers on each side. <laughs> and traffic's just flowing right behind you. Anyway. Um, what was kind of your, your the impetus for, for doing this? You said you were looking for stuff, you were trying to find homeschool um, resources. Is there anything else that kind of stood out to you as a, a good reason to, to try and fill this niche? Um, so, 
a lot of it is just about me. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Um, so I really need schedules to kind of keep myself moving and on track with what I'm doing. Um, and so it, it was, it kind of ended up being this, we've always known that we explicitly want to raise our kids pagan. Like we don't want to raise them as like open to all things. Like we want them to have that grounding in our values and in our beliefs so that then they have a place to come from when they are choosing what they want. Um, as young adults. And so I knew I wanted to do pagan religious education. And I knew that I personally needed a schedule. And I knew that in order to kind of hit all the topics that I wanted to make sure I talked about, I'd have to lay them out in a way that I could see them. And so it turned into this, well, if I'm doing this for me, I may as well go the extra couple of steps and make this for other people too um, because in my pagan parenting groups you hear all the time like does anyone have resources for anything um, and those books they're just they just don't exist yeah yeah I, I ran into that myself when I was you know, trying to figure out how to manage that and I've, I've mostly fumbled through it I it, it, it's funny you say that you, you built the schedule for yourself because that's how the DP through the wheel of the year <laughs> cre was created as well. So I'm like, well, if I'm going to get people through this thing, then they're going to need a schedule, and I'm going to need a schedule to teach it, and here we are. I mean, it's not the first time I've done it. I put together uh, a syllabus for the IP. Yeah. I put together syllabuses for each circle of the CTP. Like, it's what I do. It's yeah. what I need to do for myself, and so then I just... <laughs> it's a natural extension of things. Yeah. Um, no, it's it's good to to do that. And honestly, I, I, will, I will take the moment and make it an aside and just say, if there's something that you listening at home can write and help other people through something that was hard for you or that is hard for you right now, do it. Because someone out there is looking for that resource. So you might as well supply it if you have to write it for yourself anyway. Um, but, back to your book. <laughs> <laughs> if we're lucky, we'll see a flood of books on the market now. Um, I, I think that this time you were a little bit more involved in the, the publishing process with me. Yeah, I like wasn't involved at all with the first book. I, I basically gave it to you and said, make this happen. <laughs> and you made it happen. <laughs> and this time, <laughs> you like walked me through how to get it on Lulu and how to turn it into a PDF that can be uploaded. And I got to watch you delete all of the screen reader blank spaces out of the PDF. And yeah, that was fun. <laughs> yeah, the, the, there, are, there are definite accessibility things that you have to do when you're creating a, a PDF document that might later become an ebook, and if you don't do them on the front end, they're just awful. But um, how was that process? Is that something that you think you could probably do again? Is it? I do not think I could do it without help. <laughs> we'll partly, partly because I don't have the programs on my computer 
that do that stuff. Yeah. Um, so that's a big part of it. But it was also just a lot of steps. So, you know, speaking of, I'm going to throw this right back at you. If there's something that you have to write down for yourself to know how it happens, there might be other people who would benefit from that. Interestingly enough, I do have a workshop on making things accessible. Um, and it's really a very small step from making a document accessible to making it printer-ready uh, to send out. So it would not be hard to... To expand that particular... Expand that, yeah. Um, and in fact, if you follow me on Patreon, you've probably already seen one or two uh, of those this is how you make it accessible sort of things because those crop up from time to time on my Patreon. Yeah, luckily I knew how to do all the heading stuff to make it accessible. I am so happy that you were able to do that because that saved me a load of time. It still did weird stuff when we ported it from Google Drive to Microsoft Office, but overall it all kind of did okay. Yeah. Yeah. What was it? Bullets were Bullets didn't want to behave. Yeah. But... You had a lot of bullets. I did have a lot. I do have a lot of bullets. Every week has bullets. Every week has bullets. It's great. <laughs> Regular ammunition store. Um, one of the things with all the children's books that I put, so like in the reading section for each, um, I went through and searched our own local public library, but also like WorldCat, to try and pick books that are commonly available in libraries. So that people don't have to be like, well, that's great that you gave me these resources, but now I cannot get them without spending a million dollars. Are you saying you didn't raid the academic presses for children's books? (laughs) I am shocked and appalled. So I picked things that will hopefully be found in libraries, so they should be pretty easy to, to find. That is good, and I'm sure appreciated, because honestly... Um, for the most part, the aim is to, to find things that are easy to obtain, that aren't going to cost an arm and a leg, because not everyone has the resources to do that. And let's be honest, raising a kid is freaking expensive enough. Mm-hmm. Um, why yeah, add to that? The, so most of the books you should be able to find in the library. The only materials that I suggest for the whole thing, like you have, you have the book itself, and then my recommendation was to get a notebook of some sort, whether it's a sketchbook, a lined book. Um, My kids use, they're called primary composition books, which have a blank space on the top for drawing and then lines underneath it. So it's a half page of blank and a half page of lines. Um, And a nature guide of some sort. Because part of the stuff you do every week is you go out and you observe nature. Um, And so... Essentially, you use the notebook for any of the writing or drawing that you do throughout the various weeks, um, and also to make sketches of what you see outside. Yeah. Very nice. Um, now, we've made it available uh, through Garnus Publishing, mm-hmm. which is the, the publishing arm of Three Cranes Grove ADF, um, and we'll link the Lulu store in... Um, in the show notes for today. You can also find it on Amazon, but I I will say this for the benefit of everybody out there, but most especially 
you. Um, <laughs> the um, the the profit margins for independent authors are much higher on Lulu than they are on Amazon. So, if you have the opportunity to choose which one to purchase it from, the Garnis publishing store on Lulu is the better place to, to seek these things out. And that is true for almost any independent publisher or any independent author who might publish through Lulu. Um, if you can get the book there, please do. And watch for them. sales, because Lulu has sales, like, all the time. They do, like, 20 to 30% off. Yeah. And that does not cut into to the author profits. Yeah, so look for sales, because yep. they happen all the time. And if there happens to be a sale when I put this up, then I'll put the coupon code up, too. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but it, it's, a, it's, a, it's definitely something worth um, doing, is choosing where you get your books, um, because it does help the author quite a bit. But so. then I would love it if you would write me a review on Amazon. Yes. And if you happen to buy the book on Amazon, then please definitely write a book or a review, because... Then you get bumped to the top because they know you bought it. <laughs> um, but yeah, and it, it's it was really a joy to, to get to go through and, and help your redline stuff and, and mm -hmm. pull stuff apart because you know that means I got to read it. <laughs> um, it also means that I got to pick it up to uh, sell through the Magical Druid, so that'll be on our site soon as well. Yay. It's not already by the time this comes out. Um, but, yeah, no, definitely go take a look for it. See if you can find it. And uh, if you've got kids, it's definitely worth um, picking up and getting some ideas for how to start that religious education. Um, if you haven't already done it. I mean, I've, I've started my religious education, but it is not nearly as formulated as uh, Kindling Sparks is. Anything else you want to say about your book? Um, I will say that, so it's designed for pre-K through third grade. You could probably pretty easily adapt it up through fifth grade because the um, direct instruction pieces would all work well up through fifth grade. The reading extensions are mostly children's books and so wouldn't adapt quite as well. Um, and then the question I've been asked most often about this is when is there a middle school version? <laughs> and I will say that I have vague notes but they haven't been compiled yet, so. More to come, as they say. Yeah. <laughs> thanks so much for letting me interview you on that. That was, that was a blast. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for listening, and there's more to come. We welcome your ideas and questions. If there's something you would like to hear us discuss in a future episode, please drop us a line at druidsandcars at threecranes.org. If you'd like to donate, you can do so at threecranes.org slash donate. Druids and Cars Going to Festivals is a production of Three Cranes Grove ADF in Columbus, Ohio. Our theme song's lyrics were written by Arthur Shipkowski, and the music is written and recorded by Mike Beershank. Learn more about our grove at threecranes.org, and more about druidry at adf.org. As always, keep circulating the tapes, and let us pray with a good fire. <laughs>